Okay. All right, it works. <clears throat> and I can send this out. look like our one minute countdown is up so allow <clears throat> me to introduce myself as I always do my name is Sants Inspire I am the founder of Losers Inspire LC I am a guide leading you from loss to living inspired every day forever that's an inspired life L-I-E-F, living inspired every day, forever. This is what I do. And on Wednesdays, I come and give wisdom to the Wisdom app because I love this place. Um, so that's that's what I do. Every Wednesday, I come in here for Wednesday, Wisdom Wednesdays. Uh, throughout the week, you can find me on Instagram, at lie to inspire. That's at lie to inspire. L-I-E, the number two, N-S-P-I-R-E. Uh, today, 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 we're going to be talking about addiction. As you can see, the first um, day, these are $12, the title of my talks, What the Fuck is Your Problem? Uh, and each Wednesday, I'll go into something different. Um, but it's all going to resonate around uh, self-expression, self-improvement, self-empowerment. This is what I do. This is what I instruct. When I say I'm a guide, this is how I guide people. It's through their emotions, through the understanding or misunderstanding of loss um, into an inspired life. And again, today I want to talk about addiction, but not in the normal way that addiction is talked about. Now I probably got 30 minutes 
Uh, I'm going to attempt to keep it at about 30 minutes. I've usually been running an hour. Um, so we're going to try to stay on the time limit here. The way that I want to talk about addiction today is not necessarily how it's normally talked about as far as drug addiction. <clears throat> when I'm saying, what the fuck is your problem? My problem is addiction. And what I'm seeing is that we can be addicted to many things. And one of the biggest things that I see us being addicted to is trauma. Like, can you be addicted to abuse? And this this uh, is going to, you know, touch on a lot of things, and it probably, you know, can trigger um, some people. Uh, my intent is not to glorify or, you know, uh, gloss over anybody's personal struggles, battles with addiction, with abuse, any of that. I have my own personal battles, uh, my own personal story. And this is just a way that I can express myself uh, in a way that uh, may or may not relate to others. It's it's really just me expressing um, my personal understandings and beliefs in hopes that, you know, this helps somebody else out there. Um, because personally in my life, I have dealt with abuse. Um, and to be honest, it's it's relevant now because somebody close to me uh is dealing with this and this is what you know inspired me to do this talk today um again i identify i'm a i'm a if you can't tell by my voice i'm a man a male um and in this in this day and age uh, we don't always get, uh, you know, the most positive light shed on us. You know, we're we're pretty much the cause of all things wrong, <laughs> um, all the evils in the world. It's like, you know, it's, it's men that do it, that do it. And you know, I'm not here to debate that. Uh, I have my own, you know, personal experiences, and that's all I'm going to speak on. Yet. The reason why I'm even bringing that up is because it's unique when you see a male talking about abuse, because a lot of times in society, we believe that, you know, it is the male, the masculine that does the abuse. And a lot of times that's physical, right? Uh, however, abuse is not just physical. Um, there's verbal abuse. There's mental abuse. And the thing that I'm wondering is, you know, can we or are we addicted to abuse because it's become so natural nowadays to see it happening, to experience it yourself, to know somebody that's going through it. And what's most alarming is that When you see it, when you hear about it, it's not 
a, it's not told to you in past tense. It's talked about if it's talked about. It's present tense. It's like I am experiencing this. Now, the physical abuse a lot of times is harder to to talk about. But the the mental abuse, the verbal abuse, a lot of times we hear about that because we don't we don't really I don't believe we look at it that as such a big deal. So we kind of like, we'll say it without knowing we're saying it. We might be in conversation. And it's like, yeah. And you know, my spouse tells me all the time how I'm no good or I'm this or I'm that. And it's like, you know, we'll even agree sometimes like, yeah, <laughs> excuse me. We'll be like, yeah, my, my spouse told me the same thing. And it becomes like, it becomes like this, running joke almost like this accepted thing like oh yeah yeah that's what that's what your wife does that's what your husband does it's it's gonna happen it's part of relationship but is it really or should we redefine what relationships are because a lot of times we just throw that word like relationships like just be in a relationship don't don't worry about nothing else as long as you got a relationship you're good and we need to you know, look at that a lot closer and start defining what type of relationship. Because if we're just okay with being in a relationship, then we have to admit that we're addicted. I mean, think about that. If you're just happy with just being with somebody, there is a a fear there there is a fear there um, that we're not truly admitting to. We're saying that, you know, I would just rather be comfortable with somebody than be by myself. So at that point, if you think about what addiction is, and I'll just read the, 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 the definition, the dictionary definition, addiction is a compulsive, chronic physiological or psychological need for a habit forming substance and believe it or not the way that we look at love can be a habit forming substance you have this physiological physical need and a psych uh psychological need for it like you just you want it so bad that you're willing to take whatever it doesn't matter. I would rather, um, I would rather go through that than be alone. And it's funny because there's actually a, a a song by an artist named SZA that says, like, she literally says that. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Um, I believe it's SZA. Um, if I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. Uh, but there is an artist with a song, and it's called Kill Bill. And it's either SZA or Summer Walker, but either way. She says in the song that I would rather be in hell than alone. You know what I'm saying? And the song is dope. I'm not going to lie. If you understand she what she's talking about through there, like she's talking about, you know, the trouble she's having getting over her ex, but. And she's literally talking about killing her ex. And she's like, because I would rather be in hell than be alone. 
And if that's the case, then, then what are we really admitting to ourselves? That we're more fearful to be by ourselves. And we would much rather be with anybody. We'll, we'll take anything. I don't care if they're abusive. I don't care if it's traumatic. I would rather, you know, do that than to be by myself. And what's the fear of being alone? That it causes you to uh, build an addiction to something that is is causing you harm. Addiction is also, and this is what this is the definition that I feel really, really uh, fits. It is a it is a behavior or activity having harmful physical, physiological, or social effects, and typically causing well-defined symptoms, anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea upon withdrawal or abstinence, the state of being addicted, behavior or activity having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects, and typically causing well-defined symptoms, anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea upon withdrawal or abstinence. I've personally seen this. I've personally been involved in this because I was in an abusive relationship. And even saying that, it's like... uh it took a while for me to be able to say that because again, uh, being a man in this society and me really, you know, heralding myself as a masculine man, which doesn't have anything to do with oh, oh, how much you lift and how hard I work. And, uh, no, masculinity for me is like truly understanding oneself, being uh, comfortable in myself like I can go out and hunt I can come back and protect the village I can uh you know protect my woman my children my tribe I have no problem doing any of that I don't have to flex and show myself I don't I don't compete with others like my competition is in myself I strive to be better every single day to me, that's masculine because if you understand how difficult it is to embrace yourself, how difficult it is to strive every single day to be better than you were yesterday, every moment to always go inside first and figure out personally how I feel, how does it affect me before I go outside and try to project on somebody else. For me, that's masculinity. Truly understanding and honestly being able to make way for femininity. You know, the, the, the chivalry of old, doing that naturally, that's, that's masculinity. And of course, I can still shoot guns. I was in the Marines. I went to war. Like, all of the technical masculine things that you would look on the outside, I'm physically fit. I go to the gym um, four to five times out of the week. Like, but that still doesn't determine it for me. So being 
being that it, it, it's it was difficult to admit because the first thing that happens to you one of the first things that happens to you when you begin to admit these things it's uh it's like alienation um people start to you know be uncomfortable and what i found out is where i used to uh, not want to say that because it might make somebody else uncomfortable and then they might, you know, not not want to deal with me anymore. It's like, this is why I say it now. This is why I'm expressing myself because you don't need unauthentic people around you. You don't need people who are more fearful of expressing the truth that they are willing to accept lies and to live like that. So speaking, being authentic, telling my story, it clears the way so that I'm no longer surrounded by those unauthentic people. And it makes room for the authentic people to come in. So the fear that I had before of not speaking is actually what allowed these people to be around me, these entities to be around me, this energy to be around me. So with embracing yourself, you know, that is one of the most courageous things you can do. And it will eliminate those people who can't stand the heat. They got to get the fuck out the kitchen. But I can admit that, you know, it's still not easy because Men are, are are looked at as supposed to be like, it's real caveman. It's like, you're supposed to be super tough. Yet all of us at the same time, you're supposed to be this warrior, this fighter, this protector. Yet at the same time, it's like a good man. And then they define that and it, it gives like these uh, feministic qualities. Like you're supposed to be soft and nurturing and listening and understanding and Trust me, I, I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think we we quite understand that if you want a man to then both be a warrior and also to be uh you know somebody who is who is nurturing and, and listens and is kind and loving and all that, like you have to provide that environment for them because if you are coming out of battle, if you are coming from war, if you have just been fighting, hunting, doing things that are manly, the protecting, you can't just turn on this, uh, the emotional, sympathetic, um, expressive. That doesn't happen right away. Like that is something that, um, you work towards it's 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 the reason why when you know soldiers come home from war they have to spend a certain amount of time you know basically winding down you don't just come home from war and go home like you used to no you have to go through you know therapy really you're with your unit, you're talking about things, they're getting checked on mental health exams because they understand you just went through something traumatic. You've seen things and done things that the average person is not going to see or do. So if you're understanding that, then it's like, 
how do you expect uh, men to to just be these balanced individuals all the time? Um, it's almost like you can't be this or you can't be that. It feels like you're never you never get it right. It's like, all right, so I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna show my emotion now. And it's like, oh, look at you, you soft. And it's like, you know what? fuck that. I'm not going to show my emotion now. I'm just going to step on you. And it's like, oh my God, he's too aggressive. And it's like, well, what do you want? And so the where I've come is that I identify who I am and I've become me. And those who can take that, they're going to surround me. Those who can't, they won't be around me. And that's fine. But I'm not going to try to fit in some box constantly shifts and changes and it'll constantly make me uh, look unhinged or out of control or whatever the whatever picture society wants to paint at that time I'm going to paint my own picture and then time will tell whether or not it's a masterpiece I don't care about what somebody thinks about me because this shit is real and as long as I sat there and thought about what somebody thought as long as I cared about what others how somebody else perceived me I robbed myself of the ability to actually learn to actually heal to grow and I was just stagnant and majority of people are okay just being stagnant they're okay just being there that's not, that's, we, I, I don't believe we were put here for that. I don't think we were put here to be mediocre because I haven't met a mediocre person in my life. I have met people who allow themselves to be mediocre because they don't embrace their exceptionalism, but I have not met a mediocre person yet. And so in this wanting to you know, tell your story and express yourself. It's come to this point because I'm now um, interacting with, with other men who have, who have experienced this or are experiencing it. And it's like where I was and you try to tell somebody and they're just like, you know what? First of all, it's like, it didn't even happen. That, that doesn't happen. What are you talking about? And the second thing is like, well, you know, you gotta, you just gotta suck it up and keep going because happy wife, happy life. Um, you don't really get the advice that you need. You don't get the support that you need. And so you're stuck. You're in the middle, stuck in the middle with you. You're in the middle of, trying to figure out how to get out of something or if you should get out of something and then just blaming yourself. And this isn't my perspective is, is that of a man, but trust me, the same thing happens to women. Um, you start to blame yourself and you'd be like, well, you know, maybe if I didn't do that, then this wouldn't happen. And, you know, I did do this before. And it's like, you are okaying the continuation of this. And then at some point it gets to where you're like, 
you just don't leave. You're like, I don't know where to go. What am I going to do? I can't stop. You're being abused, but for some reason you keep going back. That's addiction. When you can't stop something, when you can't break free, you can't give it up. You start to feel anxiety, irritability, nauseous, tremors, um, depression. You just, well, what am I going to do? You feel um, just lost. And then one of the, 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 the most interesting things is you'll start to feel empathy for your abuser. Well, you know, I know they've been through stuff. And, um, and this isn't just physical abuse. This is emotional abuse. This is mental abuse. You start to sympathize and say, well, you know, they were they went through a lot when they were a kid or, you know, they, they've been through a lot. So you start to become sympathetic almost to the person who's doing you harm. And you start to, well, maybe I can, if I stop doing this, then maybe they'll do this. And you create these reasons that don't exist. You project, you start seeing things. We don't believe in ghosts, but we start doing that stuff when we're in a relationship. We create ghosts. We start seeing illusions, things that aren't even there. We'll, we'll create them. Well, they're really a good person when they're not drinking and, and beating me and yelling at me and calling me. It's like, damn, you got to put that list together of things. Then they're not a good person. But if you say that somebody else is not a good person, first thing you start, first thing that will happen is they flip it back on you. And it, 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 it becomes this game to where you're always allowing yourself to be abused, to be taken advantage of because Let's be honest. You don't think of yourself that highly. It's the only reason why you're sitting in a situation like that, because when you get out of these situations and you look back on them, you're asking yourself, what the hell? Why did I stay in that situation that long? How was I there that long and allow this person to do this to me? What was I thinking? And that's abuse, too, because you get out of a situation, then you start to beat yourself up for being in the situation when you really should be just looking objectively at what happened. Because to constantly blame yourself, why did I stay this long? I'm so stupid. I, I, I wish I would have. That, that doesn't help you. It's more of the same thing. And for a lot of people, they may not even make it out of this situation. A lot of people are still in it, coping, doing whatever. This is why drug addiction, drug use or abuse is so high. Because you're trying to cope with these things. You're trying to rationalize. You're trying to figure out why. Ain't no fucking figuring out why. Once you recognize what's happening, that's the only why. Ask yourself how. How am I going to get out of this? When do I get out of this? But most importantly, I think we should 
not look so much outside of ourselves for the okay, the all right, yes, leave, it's time. Look within yourself. And if you don't agree, if you're saying enough is enough, then that's all you need. Because a lot of times when you express it to somebody else, they don't see what you're seeing. They may not even believe you. And what that will do to you is just as traumatic as the abuse you're going to, because that is going to make you think that, okay, well, I need to go back and try this now and do this now and do that. And it's like, no, you, you've done it all. It's that person's job to fix themselves. You need to protect yourself. Yet in order to get to that point, I think we need to identify our addiction to trauma, to abuse. And if we feel like we're not addicted to that, then look around you. Everything, just about everything we do or the type of entertainment, the content, the things that we're consuming, we do them in very addictive and abusive ways. Our relationship to food is addictive and abusive. Our relationship to technology is addictive and abusive. To content is addictive and abusive. We're, we are addicted and we abuse everything except for ourselves. And what do I mean by that? You're abusing yourself by doing the things that you're doing, but you're not addicted to yourself in the sense that you can't, you can't like, I can't be without myself. All of these things you're doing is, is more moving away from yourself because we're afraid to be alone. Because when we're by ourselves, you have to deal with those damn things. So we put ourselves in situations where we okay our, we okay us being taken advantage of. We okay us being belittled. We okay us being physically abused, mentally abused, emotionally abused, financially abused, sexually abused, whatever it is. You will try and justify it. And we blame society. Society is society. I'm blaming them less because they don't know any better any damn way. They're going to do whatever it is that's popular, that's cool. That's society. And for some reason, we'd rather be in society where addiction and abuse are going to be status quo. than you know, step out of that and be by ourselves. And until you actually step out of that and be by yourself, you don't recognize that you're never by yourself. You just had to take that time to go by yourself. And then as you're walking along by yourself, here comes somebody else. Hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm going this way. Really? You're going that way? Me too. Then next thing you know, it's one, two, three, four. And after a while, you have a group now. You have a community. But you have to step out there by yourself. 
because the alternative is staying inside of places that you don't belong, that don't want you, that aren't conducive to your well-being. I think I think we're going to be shocked um, in 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 25 years when we find out that a lot of people during this time were getting sick were unhealthy, not simply because of the food that they ate, but because of the environments they were in, because the people they were around. Now, I know everybody believes in different things, but the one thing that is universal, whether you believe in God, you believe in a higher power, you believe in the universe, you believe in Jesus, you believe in in Moses, you believe in, in Allah. One thing that is universal is the understanding that thoughts have power. And if you understand the power of those thoughts, then you would understand how being around the wrong people, being in the wrong environments can create negative experiences for you. If you've ever been around somebody who just, you know, mind in the gutter, right? When you get around those people, your mind goes in the gutter and you don't even know it. You can walk into a room or hear a conversation and start picking up on the thoughts of other people. And you're like, damn, why am I thinking about that right now? It's not you. I mean, it is you, but it's not you. And how many of us will push forward with those thoughts as if they're ours, not even taking the time out to realize that's not even something that I think about. You can't do that until you start to embrace yourself. And until you embrace yourself, you're going to be in these environments where you lack control. You lack ownership over you and your thoughts and your ability to express You're fearful of even speaking, uncertain that if I did speak, anybody's going to believe me or listen or care anyway. And then you're doubtful that it's going to have an impact. You're doubtful that anything's going to change anyway. So why should I even speak? I know this person that went through that and this person went through that and this, this, and you start to rationalize the abuse. You start to rationalize your addiction. First thing we'll say is I'm not addicted. Oh, it's it's really not that bad. I mean, I've heard people say this. Yeah, he hit me a couple of times, but you know, I shouldn't have been running my mouth. The fuck? What'd you say? But see, the reason why these things are so natural is because they're passed down. You're not going to be understood for the abuse you face in a relationship the same way a child is not understood for the abuse it faces from its parents. As parents, we believe that it's okay to abuse children because we were abused. Think about that for a second. We believe that it's okay 
to abuse because we were abused. We we often say, oh, y'all, oh, when I was younger, I would have got my ass beat till I was bloody. And we say that like it's a damn, uh, 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 that we're proud of that. But we know that that child version of us did not like that. And the adult version of us, when we think about ourselves as that child being abused, we don't like it. Because though you try and justify it, it doesn't mean that it is right. You are creating that false representation, that false identity. You're creating ghosts. Because you weren't okay with that as a child. And nobody would listen to you as a child. And you grew up into an adult that believed that nobody's going to listen to me. So I might as well just suck it the fuck up. I might as well just deal with it, accept it, whatever. What is the difference between that and the alcoholic? Who understands what my drinking does, they can't stop it. Because when they were younger, they saw that. They saw their parents drinking alcohol, abusing alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, whatever it is. So then it rationalized in their mind and they grew up to do it and we okayed it and we're like, yeah, 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 cool. That's natural. It's not natural. Just like it's not natural for us to experience abuse in our house, not say anything, and then see it going on, let's say, in another country, and we're appalled by that. I can't believe they do that in that country. Oh, my God, they treat their women so bad. Look at how they're doing their men. Like This is not right. Yet you go home and you experience that same thing every day. We see it happening in our own country every single day. But we only speak up when it's happening in another home or somewhere else. We don't have the courage to stop it within ourselves. We only feel like we have the courage to tell somebody else what they're doing wrong. Tell somebody else how to fix themselves, but we won't fix ourselves. Because I'm telling you from personal experience, the moment that I started to fix myself, I didn't want to tell anybody how to fix themselves. More than anything, it's like if you escape the burning building, you're not standing outside saying, you got to run down the stairs and then go out the back door. No, you want to run in that fucking burning building and pull the ass out. Because you know, like, that's the only way. And the only thing you're doing is building up your courage to do it, building up the strength to run back in the building. So when I see people who are just like talking to me, it represents, all right, you're probably still in that and you want somebody else. You want to, you know, Help somebody else by showing them the signs. Well, the only way that you can do that is by getting yourself out. Now you don't tell anybody 
how to do it or try and correct them. You want to show them. Because experiences are the true way that we learn. They're the best way that we learn. This is why when we heard, hey, you better not do that, we went and did it. Because all you're doing is talking to me. You're like, hey, that's bad. Um, But I see you doing it. And you're telling me not to do it. Um, My mind doesn't compute that. So I'm going to do what you're doing because that's what that's what my mind understands, like experiences. And that's why the do as I say, not as I do, doesn't doesn't work. As children, we see what you do. We may not hear you, but we see it and we emulate that. And so, again, what the fuck is my problem is addiction to abuse, to trauma. Because I believe that we do have an addiction to abuse, which creates the trauma. If we didn't, we wouldn't see the type of things we see on a daily basis because we didn't see these type of things 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. They weren't there. They wouldn't dare show the type of things that they show on TV today. 20 years ago, you couldn't even say certain words on the radio that were bleeped out. Nowadays, there's nothing. Nothing's bleeped out. You see it all. Children are able to see everything from murder, sex, drugs. It's everywhere. And we have exhibited a behavior or activity having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects. And we express well-defined symptoms. We are suffering from anxiety. We are more irritable on a daily, minute-by-minute basis with ourselves and with each other. The tremors, just thinking about it, getting sick every time, like you have the thought of going back into this house being back with that person, yet we still do it. And just like addicts, we will rationalize that behavior. We will act as if it's not really that bad. Well, I can stop at any time. I can leave at any time I want to. Then why don't we? Oh, well, well, because I've got kids and, and I've got this house and we've done this all BS, creating ghosts again. Because it, it's once you get out of any of these situations, you realize half of that, um, your physical amenities, the, 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 the trinkets that you love so much, your physical possessions didn't matter. You recognize that your children, 
they're going to still love you anyway. Matter of fact, a lot of times the children are wondering, why are you still in this, mom? Why are you still in this, dad? Because the longer we stay in that situation, we actually are showing them how to mismanage your addiction. We're telling them that this is okay. I saw my mother stick around. I saw my dad do it. So that's what I did. You learn by what you see. So we can help ourselves and others by breaking these addictions. And it's not easy. Don't let me sit here and make it seem as if these things are easy. It is not. But it's necessary, so it doesn't matter if it's easy. They say death got to be easy because life is hard. It could leave you physically, mentally, emotionally scarred. So if life is hard, why are we trying to find out things that are easy when we know that this life is going to be hard? You embrace that. Okay, life is hard. The moment that you embrace life being hard or you admit that it's hard, watch how easy it becomes. You do it at your job all the time. When you first started working, doing whatever it was, when you first started going to school for that degree, shit was hard. See, when you first went into school, two plus two, you couldn't understand how it made four, and then you did. You move from one difficulty to the next difficulty to the next difficulty to the next difficulty. And the thing about it is you keep moving, keep going until you stop. And this is what we've been doing. We've been stopping. We're parked on the side of the road and we're just okay. We don't, we don't want to be exceptional because that's too much work. It's easier just to lay here and just like pity everything that I'm doing. Like somebody feels sympathetic for me. Somebody feel pity for me, but nobody is because majority of us are all abusive and we're addicted to it. So we just abuse each other. As soon as we see a man being emotional, look at his weak ass, weak man. You're a simp. You start talking down about him. It's like, what? But really what you're expressing is your hurt and pain within yourself. That's why I said we have to be addicted to this because we go around doing it to each other and passing it on like it's um, that is the one thing we'll pay forward. <laughs> we'll pay abuse forward. We'll pay trauma forward, but we won't pay. Peace. We won't give positive reinforcement. Like for. A man to say something positive to another man, it's just, it used to be like, but that's, that just shows you how fearful we are. How abusive we can be. And it starts with us. We're abusing ourselves first. So of course I'll abuse anybody else. I don't care about me. Why would I care about you? The moment you begin to care about yourself, that abuse, that addiction goes away. It begins to deteriorate. It cannot survive. And the moment you start caring about yourself, you start caring about everything and everybody else.
you start to be conscious about like ignorant things you used to do, like just killing bugs just to kill them, cutting people off just to cut them off, yelling and screaming. You start to pay attention, like, wait a minute, what what's going on here? Why am I even doing this stuff? Like, I'm not even angry like that. Like, why what why am I letting people push my buttons and trigger me and make me do things that are unnatural to myself? And that's not easy. That's uncomfortable to have to look yourself in the mirror and start to admit things. Yet, if you understand addiction, you know that that's the first step. Admitting, being accountable, accepting your faults, the things that you, your missteps. Because that's when you truly start learning. That's when you truly start understanding things. Because then you identify why you did it. You're not worried about, oh, this happened to me and labeling somebody else. You're like, no, if I was there, then I, f- I have to find out why. I have to accept that. That's where I need to be accountable. Why did I put myself in that position? Because I have the power and the ability at the end of the day. Nobody's going to force me nothing. You didn't pick me up and carry me there. I walked there. I opened the door. I said yes. But that's hard because when you do that, it it feels like, but I'm letting them off the hook. No, you're not. No, you're not. It never was about them in the first place. People only do what we allow them to do. It may be hard to believe, but to an extent, people only do what you allow them to do. And it's based off what you do or what you allow yourself to experience. And so if I don't allow myself to talk down to myself, if I don't allow me to abuse myself, I'll be damned if anybody come do it. It's going to actually stand out. What did you just say? Uh-uh, we don't do that. Because up until then, you don't even notice where you're in situations where you actually okay other people to talk down about you because you talk down about you. You're like, yeah, you know, I'm not that smart. You're like, yeah, you sure ain't. You dumb. <laughs> and then y'all laugh about it. Like, yeah, remember that time you did? ha <laughs> Uh-uh. I know it sounds cool, but that, that shit ain't cool. You don't like that. So then why are you doing things that you don't truly like? Well, because I, I, I don't want to lose my friends. and I, I don't. I, no, nah, screw that. If that's what it takes to have friends, if that's what it takes to be in a relationship, if that's what it takes to be liked by others, I'd rather love myself. I would rather love myself the one thing that we're not doing enough of anyway. And it's not the the cliche self-love, self. No, I'm, I'm serious. If you can't look in the mirror and express positive sentiments to yourself, you not, you don't love yourself. If you can't think of yourself in 
think of yourself high, highly, say positive things about yourself without being like, well, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to be cocky and egotistical. That That's not it. That's what they tell you so you don't look into yourself. And just like I said at the closing of my last talk last week, because when we say these things, when we talk about expressing yourself, a lot of times people feel like it comes in conflict with what they were taught or their religion or their way of life. And it doesn't. That is what you've been taught. Because there is there have been no prophets alive in no religious books or texts that have talked about themselves in a belittling way. I ain't hear Buddha do it. Jesus ain't do it. Allah ain't do it. Moses ain't do it. Noah ain't do it. Anybody that did do it, once they found out, they stopped doing it. And that's when they truly became powerful, remembered, honored. Yet we're not getting it because we're not being told that. We're being sold addiction and abuse. We're just being told to accept it, to take it. It's like, no, build yourself up and you're going to destroy all of that. And it starts one step at a time, one day at a time, one minute at a time, one moment at a time, one action at a time. You're not going to get there in a sprint. so this is what I want to remind us of that yes we may be going through something right now but we have the ability to change that anytime every time all the time you just have to be willing to admit it to take accountability and then accept yourself because you knew not. And then from that point, you can grow. You don't have to demean the person. If they're still trying to, you know, be that way, of course, you got to stand your ground. You got to do whatever it is to protect yourself. But at a certain point, when you are on that road, that path to healing yourself, you don't have to talk down about nobody else. If they don't exist anymore. You begin to see how somebody else is only being that way because of their doubt within themselves. That's it. A bully is bullying because they have issues within themselves. And if you don't heal the bully, you just continue the cycle. Because that person who was bullied, if you give them power and you don't heal them, they will bully the bully. So my Wednesday wisdom talks are meant not to push or trigger or um, try to explain something. It's just meant to shed a light on something because you are the real heroes. I am simply a guide wanting to assist you in defeating the monsters you're battling so that you can be championed as the hero. It's not me. 
I have my own battles that I have to deal with. So me expressing myself is in hopes that I can give you light and that you can take that and then light the torch for somebody else. We've been in the dark too long. So can we be addicted to abuse? Yes. Can you heal from that? Yes. Does it matter how many years you went through it? No. Does it matter how old you are? No. You just have to be committed. And just like any recovery, your first step is admitting what you're going through. You start there, and I promise you, sooner than later, you're going to be looking back at a situation that you were in, looking back at how far you've come, and you're going to smile. Because now you're inspired. Thank y'all for listening to my, my rant this Wednesday. Again, I'll be back next Wednesday. I don't know what that topic is going to be. But when Wednesday comes, we're going to talk about it. Thank y'all again. And I'm going to leave you with my quote that I always say. You are what you believe. Believe. Inspire. That means believe in yourself. Thank y'all.